Hello and welcome to the Authentic Wednesday podcast. Each week, my guest and I share our vulnerable behind the scenes stories of giving ourselves permission to take off our masks, let go of expectations and embrace our own path of freedom and authentic connection. I'm your host, Bianca Hughes, a lover of authenticity and a licensed professional counsellor in Georgia. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Authentic Wednesday podcast. As always, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the podcast. I really appreciate it. I have a guest today and her name is Natalie Reed. She is from my favorite place, my birthplace, London, England. I'm really happy to have her. I'm really happy to have her on the podcast today and share her story. Natalie is a yoga instructor. She's also a mother of two young, beautiful girls. She is passionate about sharing the benefits of yoga with all people, particularly young people. A favorite destination that she would love to go to one day is Bali, where she said she'd love to indulge herself in a yoga retreat. One of her favorite quotes is, it's better to be prepared for an opportunity and not have one than to have an opportunity and not be prepared. Fun fact, she sucked her thumb until she was 17. Now that is a very fun and interesting fact. And we're going to learn so much more stuff about Natalie and her authentic journey. So let's go ahead and get into the conversation. Hello and welcome Natalie to the Authentic Wednesday podcast. How are you today? (laughs) Hi Bianca, I'm good, thank you. (laughs) So I want to share something with you guys. We just had fun trying to figure out all the um, audio. Um, so I just had to remind her that's life and it's okay. But um, yeah, it took us about half an hour to get started, but it's okay. <laughs> right. It's Nothing real. goes right. But this is the Authentic Wednesday podcast. Um, Natalie, oh my God. So I was seeing her, Natalie, and I was like, how long have I known you? <laughs> is it like 20 oh, years? Let me is, think. It, is it 20 years? Yeah, easily. Easy yep. 20 years. Okay. Like a bit more. Yeah. And I always try That's to say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. From dance class. Yep. Yeah. From dance class. But wait, you went, we went to the same uni as well, right? We did. Yeah. But I think we How met. How do we forget things like that? <laughs> <laughs> forgot about that little <laughs> section of my life. <laughs> uni. Uh, yeah, uni. University of North London, although it's changed its name to Metropolitan now. Yeah. Oh, that sounds makes us sound really old. But um no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we met first in dance class and we've just kind of maintained in contact. I always say it's good for like social media and Facebook to just kind of keep up with people and what's been going on. Natalie, um, I'm going to get her to share a bit, but she just has an amazing, she's been doing yoga for a long time and she specifically does um, yoga for kids. But I think you've always been an entrepreneur at heart because I remember you did baking. She made these amazing cakes and then um, (laughs) the yoga. So just tell us just about you and your journey into being a yoga so yeah I think you're right about the um entrepreneurial um street and I think that started at school Mm. yeah I was always like how can I make money how can I do that obviously when I wasn't old enough to get a job I used to make bookmarks out of my right on magazines wow yeah (laughs) bookmarks you know yeah they wouldn't sell now Uh, no (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) I think you know what they still they still have bookmarks but not as well not as well. No, no, no. I don't think uh, bookmarks would be in 
much demand in schools nowadays. I think they're probably more into what can I get to pimp my Kindle. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> it's nothing if they, to do with an actual book. I don't even know if they use Kindle. Yeah, I don't even know. Probably not. (laughs) But in terms of yoga, I started practicing about nine years ago. And it was just, I think primarily it was just for fitness. But ironically, I think the day that I started, I just received some bad news about a place on a PGC course, which I'd applied for. So this was something I'd been thinking about for a while. I was working in a school and I thought I'll go back and do PGCE. Um, And the way that the application system works, you can only apply for the place if there's space on the course. And by the time I got my part of the statement back from my employer at the time, which she was dragging her heels about, by the time I submitted it, it was too late. There were no spaces left on the course. Oh my God. I was totally gutted. And so my cousin said, come to yoga. Come on, you wanted to come. It was just after my 34th birthday. And I went along. And the tears of the morning, it was almost like it had never happened. And that was it. My yoga journey had begun. I felt so good when I came out. Yeah. And I've never looked back. You haven't looked back. Well, clearly I haven't. (laughs) So you was crying that whole day? Yeah, I was like, I was so upset because I was like, I, you know, that, you know, writing a personal statement, it's like, that's, that's so hard. Yeah. And I put my all into it, but I was waiting for somebody else in order to submit the application. So I was subject to to their time scales. I couldn't, there was nothing I could do. And so, yeah, there was a lot of upset and disappointment that morning. But by late afternoon, I was cool again. I sweated my freshly relaxed hair out <laughs> on the mat. And I was like, yeah, I'm coming again tomorrow. That was it. What did it do for you? I don't know. Almost like, I guess now when I look back, I realise it gave me clarity and it allowed me to just be in the moment because obviously I was just enjoying the class and not worrying about what had happened or what was going to happen in the future mm. so yeah I just literally embraced the feeling I'd never done it was hot yoga I'd never done I'd never really done yoga to be fair and so hot yoga I was literally in at the deep end it was great so you were able to be present exactly is that what you still find with yoga today yeah it brings you back in so even on those days where I feel oh I don't know if I can you know, like those, you know, in those days you don't want to go to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to work out. You don't want to, and you know, you just, cause you're like, oh, I just feel too tired or I feel a bit down or I'm just, just not feeling it. But you know, as soon as you do it, you feel great. Yeah. But you have to get to that point where you know that you should push yourself to go and do it. And once you go and do it, you're like, what was I waiting for? Why didn't I do that before? Yeah. I do that. I often think about, I have to imagine myself how I feel at the end for me to do it because the thought yeah. of getting out of my bed and all that, like, you know, where I live here, there is um, in Atlanta, there's so many beautiful rivers and trails and they're all beautiful. Yeah. Oh, wow. They're beautiful. But do you think I want to go to them all the time? No. <laughs> oh, that's nuts. Yeah. Like, I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, when it's at your fingertips, you're like, oh, it's very different. Yeah, isn't it? I'll go another day. Yeah. yeah. I always like to ask my guests about, because, you know, you're very being transparent and um, authentic. So what does authenticity mean for you? For me, it just means being honest. If I'm, if I'm being honest to others, it means I'm being true to myself. So that doesn't mean to say, you know, being honest doesn't mean you like you just go and insult people. <laughs> Some people think it means that. I'm just like, no, because there are ways of 
of doing things, isn't there? And how to be with people. And so, yeah, I think it's about honesty. Okay. How did you get there? Or have you always been authentic? No, I don't think so. I think it's taken me a while to find me. And at present, I think being single as well has given me the time to find out more about me. Oh, could you say that again, please? (laughs) (laughs) Being single has given me more time to find out about me. Yeah. You know, there's such this big stigma, especially for women, like, you know, being single is a death sentence or (laughs) shame and just all these negative things. People don't want to be lonely and you just miss the beauty of it. So what did you find out about Natalie? I found that I really enjoy my own company. Not to say that I'm a loner. I'm really not. I'm a true people person. I like people around me. I've always enjoyed like entertaining people, like bringing, bringing people around to my house, be in my space and spending time with them. But equally, I'm quite happy to say be in my home by myself, take myself out. I actually been out raving on my own. <laughs> I'm just like, that honestly was a revelation. And that was because somebody that was coming out with me, they had to cancel on me at last minute. And I was like, I had tickets for this gig. I'm like, I've got to go. I really, really wanted to go. So I delayed and delayed and delayed. And then I was like, no, do you know what? I'm just going to go. I'm just going to be brave and go. And so I did. I went out raving on my own. (laughs) (laughs) Twice. I've done it twice. So it's not something I do frequently, but I know now because I've done it, if, it, if I have to go on my own, I'll just go because I meet other people when I'm there. And that's all right. When you go to the toilet, you don't have to take all your mates with you. It's <laughs> so refreshing. Like, oh, they want to go. They want to go to the loo. I need to follow them. Then you have to chill through the crowd. I'm like, oh, it's just me. I can go in, take my time. I can leave when I want to leave. Then I have to coordinate. It's great. It reminds me of um, when I travel alone. Yeah. Traveling alone is great too. Like exactly for the same reasons. I can get there when I want, leave when I want, stay out long, don't have to worry if someone's being bored or like feel guilty because I'm like, I've had enough now. I just want to go chill or someone wants to be active. I could just do what I want. And I tell people, my friend, I remember my friend doing it and she was like, oh my God, why didn't I do this? I told her. And she's like, why didn't I do it earlier? I, like, I told you about this. <laughs> I don't know why you didn't do it earlier, but it's the best thing ever. Yeah, I'm still trying. You're still trying? You haven't done it yet. Yeah, yeah I have. I have travelled alone, but then I met I met with someone when I was there. Like she, I, it's when I went to Brazil and I knew a girl who was Brazilian and I met her over there and then she left. Then I met with her friends and then another friend of mine was coming over from the UK and then I met with her. We travelled somewhere. So yeah, it's very. It was very different. Okay. Uh, part of part of my journey was by myself, which was interesting. So I yeah, I enjoyed that. Mm, that's good. Yeah, my first trip was to Barcelona, and then I think a few years ago I went to Dominican Republic. It was great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was great. It is it's so refreshing. Yeah. So, what some of the things, one or two things that you found about yourself, or you discovered about yourself during this time? that's been interesting or surprising since what like since being single yeah since, since being single where you said you found more about yourself mm-hmm. I've realized that to make me complete I don't have to be with someone else I have to be with someone else and I'm still now contemplating do I really need to be with someone else don't get me wrong it's nice to have company 
of the other sex, you know, if that's your persuasion, it's mine. But, um, you know, I, I don't really feel the need to like rush into something just because I'm by myself. More right. 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 Okay. Cool. You don't need someone else to be whole. That's a big revelation. Yeah. Is that what you used to think? Yeah. Cause I think that, you know, even today I was just reflecting on someone that I know who she's quite young and actually a lot of people I know are quite young and they've married young and they've maybe not got kids yet or they've got kids on the way and all of that kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, I wonder why I never went down that road. Why didn't I get married? And mm-hmm. and I don't know if I've ever really fully desired that. Maybe in the back of my mind, you know, I romanticize about that kind of thing. But actually, I think it's I think it's all right to like be on your own and actually it's okay. It's also okay to be in the relationship, the marriage, the partnership, whatever you have. And still be a whole individually in individual. But I think it's as long as you know yourself and it's also that whole thing of not relying on the other person to make you and keep you happy, but relying on yourself for that. Like, is it you have to be in a relationship, otherwise you're not happy. And I think I look at some people's relationships like, are you only in that relationship because you're too scared to buy to be by yourself? Were you ever scared to be by yourself? No, I don't. Actually, I don't think I have. I don't really think so. Okay. I think I I quite like the whole thing of being in a partnership, but I think this period of time now has made me realise, no, actually, I need to really vet who who the next person is, <laughs> which is why I'm probably still single, because I'm like, oh, no, that, no, that won't work. <laughs> like I'm too, I feel like I'm now become more picky. And then I'm like, okay, I'm just going to be single for the rest of my days. Is it picky or like, I feel like it's knowing what you want and what you don't want. I feel like before, yeah, before I was personally just trying to figure it all out. And now it's like, I don't need to figure it all out. (laughs) I already know for the most part, you know, I don't know everything, but yeah. So you kind of know that you're, that what you, what you want and what you don't want. And also there's that whole thing of, okay, am I, because I have tried this like online dating thing. I haven't tried it. I was just looking, window shopping. <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God. But if you just walk in past a shop, for example, looking into the window, you don't know how the fabric of that outfit is. Like, how do you know what it looks like on the other side? <laughs> just from the window. I'm like, I can't trust it. So I just locked it off. Yeah, I've tried it. <laughs> I did. I have. I'm I've scared. The, was it Tinder, Swipe? My husband found when they treat that. Trying to, you know, and I said, fine, I'll do it. I'll do it. I just don't like it. Like they, I just knew it just wasn't for me. It just feels very um, insincere. It's just not genuine because you don't like trust anybody. I'm like, can I even trust myself? Like, am I being honest? Mm. Like, and are they being honest? Are they who they say they are? So does it feel in, does it feel inauthentic to you? Yeah. That's why I just, just switch it off. I was like, no. Nah. I realized that um, I'm okay with meeting people online because I've met some great people online, like business-wise, social media. But I feel in those situations, I've built a relationship. Maybe we've commented in each other's posts. Exactly. That's very different. shared stuff. So, you know, you've got that introduction to them. And I'm definitely that person that 
I think one of my friends said it is that with online and trust me, I'm not knocking online. We're just talking about what works for us. I think with mm. online, um, you're going straight into the relationship part. Yeah, because that's what you're looking for. Yeah, that's what you're looking for. So I think someone like me, I need to be warmed up. Like I just, that is just overwhelming for me. Yeah, that's what I felt. Mm -hmm. I was really overwhelmed by it. I was just like, oh no. And I always say each to their own because I know people who've got married. So I know one, a friend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just not for me. They met on Tinder. I feel like I need to see the person in the flesh. But like you're saying, I've met people online, predominantly like, um, females and because we're into similar things maybe it's through yoga or whatever it might be we're on the same like mum's group or whatever and I've maybe met them like I met my nail lady that way and we've become friends it's great yeah but I just think it's the agenda is different so there's less pressure. completely there's less pressure like um I do a sister siesta with um Jasmine she started and I co-facilitate it and I met her online where I've dm'd her and it's like hey let's meet and then she's like hey you want to do this and I was like sure and it's been going for like two years but um you know we always talk about the dm I slid in her dm <laughs> 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 but we have a great yeah, relationship you know, and a great, you know, partnership and all the things we're doing. So it works and it's yeah. without the pressure, definitely without the pressure. Exactly. It's so funny. But my, I guess the other thing in asking that about, I've heard you talk a lot about your support circle and realizing how much community has been important to you, discovering more than who you are. Well, shall I say not more, more about who you are in a community, obviously outside of your family. Yeah. Because I'm totally with you. Sometimes you, you, it's not always possible to do it within your family. Tell us a bit more about how that's working for you, your community. So I guess like my, my community is like my little, my little yoga community and it has evolved and I think it's always evolving. And so I started out in one particular studio where I met most of my like yoga friends and we had this little yoga circle. It was like a little yoga bubble, all of us in this little yoga bubble. And we'd go out, we'd have like little socials and all this kind of thing. It was really nice. And then obviously things happen. Maybe people move away. Some of them went off to go and qualify as teachers. So they went off abroad, did training, taught in other countries and obviously that split the group slightly but we all still had our other friendship groups but I think over the period of time that I've been doing my training so starting off with my children's training then the teenagers training obviously you meet other teachers or other people that are training to be teachers and what happens is you make new friendship groups and then for me as well, I think it was, I was working part-time in a local shop when I lost my job on maternity leave. What? I, you mean yeah. you were, they got rid of you because you were pregnant? I was, wor I, was wor <laughs> I was working somewhere. I'm not going to go into much okay. detail. <laughs> I was working somewhere and I had had Noah, my youngest, mm -hmm. and I'd lost my job on maternity leave whilst I was on my maternity leave. So I wasn't pregnant. I'd already had her. I'd gone to for like a back to work meeting. They said, oh, but I thought you were thinking about leaving anyway. Oh, fuck. Oh, I could have sworn that was a private conversation we were having. Anyway, they did me a favor because I'm here now. <laughs> I'm where I am. And that's how I look at it. But in the interim, I worked 
covering a friend's, ironically, a friend's maternity leave in this little shop. And from there, because it was local to my eldest's school, the younger one's nursery, there was this like little community hub of mums that would come into this shop. And so, because I like talking, I like my own company, but I like talking a lot. So this podcasting is like right up my street. (laughs) Yeah, so they would come into the shop and I would recognize maybe some of them from the school maybe from the nursery just locally because I would obviously always be at the supermarket or the local shops and so I'd always be seen in the local area and eventually some of us became friends or you would just see you know the regular customers and from there I managed to find that one of the parents was a graphic designer and so when I was talking about what I'm doing like I'm going to build this yoga business and I'm looking to Um, make some leaflets for example and she said oh well you know such and such is a a graphic designer you should go speak to her so we had a meeting so I knew this lady like from the school playground and just from the local shops and she happened to be the lady that designed my um, posters my posters my leaflets and all of that a local mum I was like I never, I never would have known that, but then they would have never known that I needed that had I not been telling them and then another mum also from the same school. Our daughters used to go to the same gym club and she came into the shop, overheard me talking to somebody else about, oh yeah, I need to build my website. And I have no idea because I was on a really low income. And so I was like, I'm probably going to have to do it myself. I was trying to get my teenager to design it. And she was like, I might be able to help you with that because I'm just starting out doing this business and we can probably help each other out. I was like, okay, cool. And there you go. So, you know, you said some really, really good things, which I share with people and talk about. And one of the things I've realized this year is continually talking about my business, even yeah. to like everyday people. Yeah, because you don't know no. who's going to no. need or be able to do something yeah. to help. Yeah. And it's not even in a, it's just sharing what you're doing. I just feel yeah. like sharing and then being interested in what other people are doing because, you know, I always feel like, well, am I selling? I've been sleazy, but I just realized that as, as much as I share, people's like, oh, did you do this? Can I help you with this? And then it's interesting you said, on you know, being a mom on a low income and still starting your business because, you know, people even without kids, but who are definitely on a low income feel like they are stuck in this box. Um, and the mindset is, well, I'm on a low income and a single mom who's going to take care. Yeah. I can't do this. But yet you did it. Yeah, it's because it's so easy to talk yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, and even to this day, I still think, why was I not worried? I think I was. There was still a little bit of that doubt and worry like a bit of concern as to how am I going to survive <laughs> feeding my two kids, paying my bills and all of that. But I'd already planted the seed. I'd gone and done the training. Mm-hmm. I managed to pay for the training whilst working part-time in retail. I never thought, I'd... hold on, did you work at Harvey Nichols too? No, I worked at, um, you worked at Harvey Nichols. I worked at, I worked Marks. at Harvey Nichols. I worked at Marks and Spencer's. So when I was at Harvey Nichols. Yeah, you was a bit of a touch up. You know, oh, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> I never thought I'd be going to work back into retail because mm. I was a young person then. And I was like, no, don't do that as an older person. Because I thought there was some kind of a stigma attached to doing that after having done all the things that I have done. But I was like, no, do you know what? This is what this works for me because it fits in with with my life, what I'm doing. And so there was that little bit of doubt. 
but I'd done the training and I managed to pay for the training whilst doing network marketing. That paid for my training. Selling makeup paid for my yoga training, my first yoga training. I would never have believed it. Wow. So you... I don't even know how I did it. <laughs> but Seriously. So uh, now that you're talking about it, I guess you're, make, it's, you're thinking about how did I do that? Yeah. Because I think, you know what, if you think about it and you sit, like you said, and you ponder it, you're less likely. Like, Of course. You know, it, was, it took, um, what was it, five years maybe after I was like, I cannot believe I moved and I left London and came to live in America. Like it took yeah. five years to register what I did. If I registered what I did before I left, I would never have left. Like I, no. I know that for That's a fact. Because we're so good at talking ourselves out of, like, oh, this is not going to work because of this. But I think there was just this tiny seed that said, no, I'm going to make this work. Because I always thought if I'm already on a low income, it can't get worse than this, surely. That's what I. That's how I thought. I was like, no, it can only get better. And do you know some people that I spoke to, because I didn't talk to a lot of people, by this stage, I realised talking about it was never a good idea. Okay. Like in terms of your plans, I stopped talking about it. I just didn't share so much. And even now I'm even not guarded, I'm just cautious. And I'm like, okay, I don't need to share I don't need to share that. I'll keep that to myself. But I just knew it couldn't get worse than what it was. It can only get better. So some people are like, you're going to still have to work part time. You won't earn enough. I was just like, what What do they mean? And I think those are the people that they're the ones that are scared to take the leap. But I was like, I've got nothing to lose. I actually got nothing to lose. Do you find that this is one of the things I love about America? This is a plug for America. Although I'm still biased over the UK but anyway it's 50 50 <laughs> but um do you find I find that like I don't feel like when I don't know if I would have got as far, this far if I was in London because the entrepreneurial spirit is not pushed as much or encouraged as much there in London as it is here in America or shall I say in the UK or is it just our community yeah I don't I, I see what you're saying because actually if I think about it not a lot of people do do what I'm doing or have the courage to just go and do it. Yeah. I hadn't really considered it, I guess. Yeah. Because um, I came here and it was like, like I came, especially in Atlanta, it's like everyone had a second hustle. Like <laughs> that's just the norm. Yeah. Like they worked full time and had a second hustle. Everyone wasn't necessarily a full-time entrepreneur. Yeah. I don't know. See, I don't know if I don't know anyone who doesn't have a second hustle. That's very hard for me to find. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I've blatantly got a second hustle. <laughs> we like it's important because, like you said, I used to bake cakes. That was like my that that wasn't really my main thing. I guess I was working. That was my that was my side hustle. And now, when somebody brought to my attention that you should be teaching people how to braid hair, I was like, "What?" Well, I just thought that was something that I just did to flat my kids' hair. I said, oh, "I'd never really even considered it. I didn't even think that particular skill was something that I could sell. I wasn't even looking at it like that." then when they brought it to my attention I was like oh I'm onto something you know I could be giving not just braiding hair but giving tutorials go to people's homes and show them how to braid hair and it's happened I said yep it's gonna work I'm gonna do this I got my graphic designer lady could you make me another logo done and there you go started again with the next one wow see yeah and that was it 
having the right people around you. Yeah, always so important. And when you've got the wrong people around you, run in the opposite <laughs> direction. <laughs> I always feel good. <laughs> and you'll know. I mean, I never, you know, you have different people for different things. Um, yeah. But you definitely need, you need like a set of entrepreneurial friends. For sure. You know, you just have friends. The people with that similar mindset. That similar mindset. Yeah, it does make a huge difference. I think that once you, like you said, in staying true to yourself, then you tend to find people who will stay true to you and who you are and also bring that out in you as well. For sure. I think that's cool. One of the other things you talked about, um, which I think you kind of just do naturally even now, is when you teach yoga. Well, actually, before I say that, let me see. You talked about low income. Yeah. Can you share what low income was for you? Did you not have to figure out, did you have to choose to pay bills one month? Was there a lot of debt? How, how was that for you? Okay. When, so just after I lost my job, it was coming up to, this is a story for you. It was coming up to Christmas and I was like, man, there's going to be no Christmas. It's like a small baby. She's not quite one. She'd have been one the following February. And the eldest must have been nine, eight, come out to nine. And I was like, oh, my God, how, how are we going to get through this? This is, this is a lot. So the low income part for me was not having the income from the job had I just started at the I'm not sure if I just started at the um the the shop I can't really remember but I remember that I remember the build-up towards that Christmas that there was not very much food when I think about it like it was dire and on a couple of occasions I remember just sitting across the table from the kids watching them eat and like mommy are you not going to eat anything and I'm like no nah, I'm all right all those those evenings where it was just rice with butter. Wow. Yeah. And I remember there was this competition on the radio. I was always one for like a radio competition. And there was this competition um, where you call up and you just had to say stop when, you know, you hear these bongs. They, they make a sound and then you have to say stop before you think it's going to come in. And then they tell you what increment of prize you've won. And I remember calling and calling, calling every single morning after dropping my daughter off to school, hoping that I would get through. And I just didn't, I couldn't get through. And then there was one morning, I remember I was in the car park <laughs> at the supermarket, like, oh my God, I'm going to get through. Like, God only knows how much my phone bill was going to be. But I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking, if I win, then I can pay the phone bill. So I'm calling and I nearly get through. I can hear just like, you know, you just like, you figured out when you should call to get through. And I must've just missed it. I was gutted. I remember being in tears. I didn't get through. Like I wanted it so badly. But then I think later on that week, I tried again. I called and it rung. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm going to be on the radio. And I got through and I got to play the competition and I won a thousand pounds. Really? Yeah. I was like, no. And this was before my whole like law of attraction epiphany. 
<laughs> if I'd been applying that, it would have happened ages ago. <laughs> yeah. And this was like, right before Christmas. It was just before Christmas. I was like, oh, we're going to, we're going to have Christmas. I had obviously these grand ideas that I'd be able to like decorate the whole house with a thousand pounds, right? <laughs> decorate the house, maybe put some carpet on the stairs, all these kinds of things. Uh, what did I buy? A new toilet and flooring for the bathroom. <laughs> and we had lots of food, obviously. Yeah. A new toilet. That was the priority. Uh, priority I think the toilet is a very big priority a new toilet I was well happy I mean I could have slept on that floor (laughs) so yeah that's what happened and that's how dire it had been and now I look back I think wow I actually lived through that I survived I survived it and not many people and that's not even probably the worst story I don't know it probably was it doesn't even feel like it was that bad actually as I reflect back I'm like other people have been in probably more dire situations than that but that was my situation like I could not me to anyone else yeah that was dire for you so that's not was, bad. Yeah. but that's still I think a story a lot of people can relate to you know looking across from your mm. children and just not even you know eating yourself and making sure they eat you know rice and butter no meat you know that's real that's it that was it that was it and I think I know if I didn't have my yoga to go to I would not have survived at all I wouldn't have what do you think I wouldn't you have, have done? you know when somebody has a friend you're like okay I'm feel a particular way and this friend is always gonna soothe you and make it f- make you feel better yeah and then you're like oh yeah now it's what was I worrying about like they've made me made me feel way better about this situation like or I'm not even worrying about that situation that's what yoga did for me if you didn't have yoga, what do you think you would have done, though? Man, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't like to think because I just had a baby. Like she wasn't even one at that time, and my cousin was around a lot to help me. She happened to have injured herself, so she was off work. So I was like, "I'll take your, I'll take your son to school, and you look after the baby. I can go to yoga." She was like, "Fine," because she was getting bonding time wow. <laughs> with my daughter. <laughs> So we were helping each other out. Yeah, it's so important. It was great. Yeah. So yoga, um, you said something about yoga, and and I'm wondering if this is because it's part of your story, but when you teach yoga, well, you don't actually teach yoga. You um, talk about sharing yoga versus teaching yoga. Tell us a bit about where that idea. It's funny. I think I heard somebody saying what's the difference between like a teacher and an instructor or a coach it was one of those two things they had said it was just on like an Instagram post and I was like that's really um that's a really good question because I'm like am I really a teacher like what am I teaching them when I go into the yoga class what am I teaching them and then when I look back and reflect on what happens in many of my classes is I'm actually learning from those children in my class I am learning something so in actual fact what really is going on is we're just sharing we're sharing so I remember I used to before classes I would like be up making these plans planning these classes like for kids and being worried that I would miss something out 
or I wouldn't be able to do something like, let me write it down. If I write it down, this class is going to be great. On paper, the class is great. So I get to the class. It's happened maybe a few times before I ditched the whole thing. I would go to the class and then I'd be like, not trusting myself and peeping over for this little bit bit of paper. I'm just like, oh my God, I can't teach like this. I can't teach like this because I'm like, the kids don't even look engaged. They're just staring at me blankly. I'm taking too long in between like postures because I can't remember what's next because I have to stick to my plan. (laughs) And I'm like, you don't have to stick to the plan. You just need to let it go. Go with the flow. And after a while, when I got bored of this whole planning thing, stayed up late and actually just being tired (laughs) before I even got to the class, I was like, I'm just going to go and just have a couple of things in my mind. Maybe we'll start with a couple of games. And then that was the whole thing of um, setting an intention. So before practicing a yoga class, um, my teacher used to say, set an intention for your class. Maybe you want to dedicate the class to yourself. Or maybe you want to dedicate it to somebody else, Mm. maybe somebody that you love. Or in actual fact, maybe you want to dedicate it to someone that maybe you don't love so much. Maybe you don't even like them, but maybe they need it. I did that a lot. I dedicated a lot of my classes to people that I felt needed it. I did. And you would hope that energy then vibrates out to them in some way. And so I would go with this whole thing of, intention setting before I go to a class I would plan but it would be very loose because actually you don't know what you're going to be met with this is not just children this now happens with adults as well you don't know they're not going to be the same as last week I mean you're probably not the same as you were yesterday yeah so how do you know if your plan is going to fit in with what this group is when you arrive. You know, that's so good because you're right. I th- planning does cause me more stress, but it's good to have an outline. Yeah, yeah. plan, but don't like yeah. carry it away with it. Because I, I totally agree sometimes, you know, if I, you know, I've done teaching and speaking and, you know, I have something, but I always pick up on what the group says and go go that way or, You know, if you, you know, you're speaking at an event and you hear all the other speakers, you might like pick up other things um, from that. So, yeah, I like to loosely plan, but I love that about learning. Yeah, because I I, honestly, I learn from those kids. So on those days, for example, when I've had this plan and I'm like, okay, I think that class was really rubbish. Like. What did I do wrong? Where did it all go wrong? And then I think about how the group were and that's where the learning comes in because it's like, why were they not engaged? It wasn't wasn't because of them. It was because of perhaps the way I was delivering it or the fact that I was trying to stick to this plan and they were just not in the mood for those particular things that I decided had to happen. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't work. Like your agenda. <laughs> so you, sometimes you just have to let the plan go. Mm-hmm. Even if you go with this plan, you're like, it's just not going to work. That's happened to me lots of times. I'll be like, okay, I'm just going to roll with this game. And then something else will happen. And then the whole thing 
becomes way more organic and I find that that that's what works for me yeah I love that Mm. I mean it's never always perfect but I'll always learn something from a class every single time every single time so that's the kind of framework that you approach the classes from with the kids with the with the children and with the adolescent is setting the intention being open know you're going to learn something and take take that all away and see what happens yeah yeah even if it does flop a bit (laughs) even if it flops and sometimes actually when you look at them because you think oh I thought that one was quite a good thing or you know it might be something you've decided to do and you're like I thought that was quite good but based on the reactions on their faces it defies everything that I'm feeling I don't think they liked it and then you get feedback like I did this morning from somebody who came to my class on the weekend it was her very first time she had never done yoga before and then I got an email saying she she was usually very uncomfortable in settings with new people trying new activities but apparently I made her feel very welcome and comfortable and she came out as if she was floating that's what she said he felt like she was floating I was like oh (laughs) that's so sweet that's so beautiful and touching it makes it worth it it makes yeah exactly doesn't it make like all the struggle the hard times the time you're like why am I doing this it makes it worth it yeah for sure and don't get me wrong, I think I think because over the years my mindset has changed in the way that I approach the in the way that I approach life. So that whole thing of um, you know, being on a low income, I'm still on a low income, but actually I'm happy because I'm in on control of it. I'm in control of my income. So basically if I don't work, I don't earn. So I'm always I say hustling. I don't really feel like it's hustling. I'm always opening myself to new opportunities. Always. Yeah. I like that you're sharing that, that even though you have your own business, you're an entrepreneur, your income is still not this like big thing what people may yeah, think. Yeah, it's not like, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah. It's not huge, but I'm, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm happy. And I don't really feel like I've never really... I've never, I've realized that even if I did earn a ton of money, I don't really want to be the person that has a big flashy car and a big flashy house. That just isn't me. Like I'm all right with my car with the dent in the back because I reversed into a tree. Like I'm all right with that. I'm, I'm, I'm just happy because I'm comfortable. As long as I can get by, pay my bills, not have anyone knocking at my door, allow my kids to go to, gymnastics or ballet and swimming and you know extracurricular activities I feel like I literally just work for them to do that but that makes me happy that I'm able to do that but for me that those are the things that are a priority and uh, and for others other people have other priorities but those are mine like building life experiences is yeah in my kids that's like more wealthy the experiences for sure yeah so where can and how can people shower you with love if you want to see what I do or just 
get a little bit of background, you can have a look at my website. I'm at www.nattylittleyogis.com. And any social media? Yeah, I'm all over social media. This is not by choice, just by design. That's actually very, very helpful Mm. for growing my business. Mm -hmm. So I'm on Facebook, Natty Little Yogis. I am on Instagram and by default Twitter because I don't really use Twitter. (laughs) It's connected. But Instagram, Natty Little Yogis. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm not a Twitter person myself. We're going to put all of that in the show notes for you. And if people go in there and see your classes, are they able to contact you to come and work at their studio or do a yoga class for their kids? Or how does that work? Yeah, so if you find me on Insta, you can, I think I've got to contact me on my Insta and my Facebook page, where it will lead you to the website where I've got a booking form. So you can just tap your details in tell me why you're contacting and I'll get straight back to you. So are you just in the London area or are you going to be? I'm only in London. Okay. I was wondering, are you going to go UK I... and worldwide? <laughs> hey, well, you never say never. So I have been asked to um, come on a, a retreat and teach the teenagers and children. So something abroad might be coming up. Cool. So we'll keep you in the pipeline yeah keep keep pressure pressuring her and pestering her you never know she may come (laughs) cool but currently yeah just in london just in the london area and i do kind of work around sometimes i cover other teachers classes i'm covering a class at the life center in islington this week and that's like a parent and toddler class but predominantly i just teach the teenagers on a saturday and on a monday I teach five to eight-year-olds at a, another local studio. Studio. Love it. Yeah, check her out. I've seen some of the classes and some of the stuff she does, so she's doing amazing stuff. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was great having you. Thank you. If you connected with what you just heard, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. You can stay connected by following our Instagram, Authentic Wednesday Podcast, and visiting our website, AuthenticWednesday.com. Remember, authenticity is a journey, not a destination. 